Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Well, hey, everybody, and thank you once again for finding our little corner of the internet and joining us on the Real Estate Sessions. More and more of you have found us, and and we really appreciate that. Keep telling your friends and people in the business that uh, if you want to find out a little bit more about our industry leaders, this might be a place to do it. So I'm really looking forward to today's guest. I've uh, known him for quite a while. He's one of my favorite speakers in the real estate space, not to mention he's connected to a super cool bar up in Scottsdale. And so since I live in Phoenix, that's really good for me. So I'm talking about Jeff Turner. Jeff is president of Real Satisfied. And Jeff really brings a unique outlook to our industry. He has for years. And I think a lot of it's this very different background that he has. It's not a very real estate driven background. And I really want to get into that. So Jeff, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to our podcast. Bill, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Well, thank you. And before we get into your history specifically and how you got into the business, I have to ask you how things are going with mothers fighting for others. I, you know, whenever I see your name, it's the first thing I think about. It's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, In fact, I'm pretty sure the first time I met you, it was with your wife, Rocky, and it was at a Phoenix bar camp. And I, and I think we had set up a fundraiser to kind of help with MFFO. And am I right about that? That I, I believe so. Jay Thompson had, uh, had set it up to uh, raise some money for Mothers Fighting for Others during the bar camp, and Rocky and I both flew out to uh, Scottsdale. It was at a baseball stadium, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, it sure was. Um, I, you know, it's one of the things that keeps me. Uh, people ask me all the time, why, why, why real estate? Why real estate? And I think it's the people, honestly. Um, we've we've had a tremendous reception. Uh, from the real estate community at Mothers Fighting for Others, and um, it's it's amazing to watch. It it seems to constantly be people from the real estate industry who step up and and help, and we're we're very happy with that. Very proud of that. Now, talk a little bit about the actual um, what you do in Africa. That's it's. I think the audience sure. would like to hear that. Sure. Sure. So my wife took a uh, a trip to Kenya. She spent three weeks uh, volunteering in Kenya back in 2007, and it was really meant to be a sort of once in a lifetime trip where she would go to to Kenya, volunteer, uh, work with some orphans, come home and and go about her life. And uh, things just things just didn't work out that way. Uh-huh. We have six kids. We had six kids at the time, and they were very young. And she came home and said, I, "I've found two more daughters." And my comment to her, uh, and if you've met my wife, you'll understand why my comment was this way: is that I'll do whatever you tell me to do, but if you really think we have the time and energy and resources to bring on two more kids here in Southern California, I'd like you to consider maybe thinking bigger and helping more kids. And so she went away and came back. And that's how Mothers Fighting for Others was born. It was really born from this love that she had for the girls that she met there. And it has grown from there. Uh, the first, first goal was simply to meet the education needs of the four girls who were going into high school. And it has grown into, um, for lots of different reasons, our basically managing and and taking control over the entire orphanage uh, just outside of Nairobi. And we now have 60 children 
that uh, we're responsible for and that we raise money for and that we work with uh, an NGO partner there, Mrs. Perpetua Gatomi, who runs the place on a daily basis, but the, the financial support of it is all mothers fighting for others. So it's a really, it's a really, really amazing thing and I, I love that she does it and I love being a part of it and I love the fact that when you think of me, you think of it. Yeah, it it's truly amazing. In fact, I I still remember a couple of years ago at Christmas time, you took your kids there, and how, how did that yeah, trip did. go? Yeah, you know it was really amazing. I think my my biggest fear wasn't actually being in Kenya with the six kids. My biggest fear was traveling. <laughs> right, you know, flying from Los Angeles to London that's eleven hours, and then it's another eight hour journey from London to Nairobi. But that was easy. Uh, the kids were great. Um, the, I, I told people at the time I would I would spend my weekends doing that if I could. It was easier than most weekends flying with them. I think they were excited about it. And when they got there, because you know they had they had and still do consider all the girls there their sisters in Kenya. And so when we arrived, the the greeting was overwhelming, emotionally overwhelming, mm. and you know how kids are. They they bonded immediately and within 30 minutes they were off and they were in the orphanage and they were playing with the kids and throughout the course we spent um, we spent two weeks on the ground in Nairobi. Every single, almost every single day was spent at the orphanage all day long and the kids just played and and worked and washed clothes and helped cook and it was amazing to watch. Wow. Uh, probably one of the best things Oh, crap, now I'm getting all emotional here. Um, probably one of the best things we've ever done as a family, no question. I I think about it and um, I, I don't know how to explain it. The, the, the meeting of the cultures, the watching the kids and this sort of visceral understanding that everybody's sort of built the same and some people just need a little bit of help. And it was it was it was amazing, truly an amazing amazing trip. Yeah. If uh, somebody listening wants to help out, where do they go? Mffo.org. We try to make it as simple as possible. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you sharing that sharing that with us. Um, well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So, I I want to start way back with you because you know I did a little digging. Okay. You're you're a very public guy and. You have a, a psychology degree from Grace College in Indiana, where I'm assuming you grew up, yep. and a master's in school psychology from Ball State. So definitely you had, I'm thinking as you're going down this path, I, I'm wondering how does the psych major end up in the technology world, which is where you ended up? Well, this is a lot longer story than most people uh, will want to listen to, so I'll, I'll make it as quick as possible. Um, when I finished my master's degree, I got accepted to Harvard to work on uh, a, a doctorate in educational psychology. Mm -hmm. I had a teaching fellowship at Harvard, and at the last minute, I had to back out uh, for personal reasons. And I won't go into those details because they're they're sordid and crazy, and just another element of my life. But it forced me to have to go find a job really quickly because I had planned to be in Boston. I had apartments set up. I, you know, it was it was really my my future was set toward becoming a professor. And I, I got a job as a mental health administrator at, at, at a mental hospital in Muncie, Indiana. And it 
really changed the course of my life because I, I went from there to uh, head of two criminal psych wards at the Indiana State Mental Hospital. I was I was only 22 years old, and I was doing things that I I'm not sure I was ready for at 22. So it 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 impacted me uh, dramatically to be spending every single day on a criminal psych ward, uh, doing intakes. Um, working with physicians, uh, prescribing medications. I was leading the, the training of people on how to safely take residents to the ground when they got out of control. And every day I had nightmares. Every day I had nightmares. So I, I had to find a way out. And that ultimate, ultimately led me into uh, sales with a company called Standard Register, which was based in Dayton, Ohio. It's a it's a business forms company. Was a business forms company. Maybe still is a business forms company. I don't know. Um, and that the training I got there, uh, basic functions of business, business forms design, really is what got me interested in the the world of business and um, th that that understanding of how it, it's it's almost crazy to think about it that 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 understanding of how a business form, again, back in the day when there were carbon copies of stuff, how that business form flowed through a business was my business training. And the, the redesign of that, thinking about how to simplify processes is ultimately what led me to buy a Mac in 1984 after watching that commercial, um, that the famous Super Bowl commercial. And it, it literally, changed my life. I actually had the opportunity. I, I, I got a chance to bump into Steve Jobs at a Macworld years and years ago. And I was able to, to thank him for changing my life because it, it took me in a path that allowed me to utilize all of this, this very training and to create some companies that were really successful and, and quite frankly, something I would never have dreamed of for my life. So that how did you leave Standard Register and end up creating? I'm sure is it the, was it the company Ad Out at that time? Yeah, so I left Standard Register because I, I took a job uh, as a regional sales manager for a company called RLI, which, which quite frankly sold contact lenses. But they had developed a piece of software which helped uh, optometrists and ophthalmologists market to their customers. And uh, in the course of making that move to Nashville, Tennessee, I decided to take a weekend and fly to California. And I met a girl, and not my current wife. I met a girl and decided I'd quit and just take a road trip to California and move wow. to California. Um, I had no job. My father thought I was an idiot because I had, I had literally just taken, uh, you know, a very high for for you know, at the time, a very high-paying job. And when I told him I was moving to California, he literally uttered the words, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, you, I can't believe you're doing, you are an idiot. And looking back, yeah, it was, it was probably the most rash decision I've ever made in my life. And yet, at the same time, it, it, you know, you can't judge success and failure in those moments. I'm sure my father looked at me at the time and said, man, he's, he's, He's fallen off the wagon. He's he's heading down a path that is you know really bad, but that decision to sort of go to California and um, I had to I had to find 
a, a job. I had to figure out a way to make money, and I, I took a job with um, a company uh, that was selling uh, micrographic uh, equipment, and the micrographic equipment at the time was basically shrinking these big E-size engineering prints down into microfish. It was it was the the latest technology of the time, and I didn't like their sales materials. So because I had purchased this Mac, I started redesigning the sales materials that I was using myself. I wasn't using the sales materials that were sent to me from corporate, and I was using my own, and I was really quite frankly kicking butt on the sales side because I, I was crafting the message very specific to what I was presenting and it wasn't very long after that within a couple of months that I I, I said I like doing that I like the, the the marketing side of it I like crafting it myself better than I like selling this piece of equipment so I quit and started the company that ultimately um, was the company that I sold to uh, Virtus in 1999. So I spent about 14 years building that company. I had a couple of other companies. In the meantime, I had a, a digital printing company, a graphic design firm, and then Ad Out was all part of this. And Ad Out was a an advertising pre pre press a company that focused on the newspaper industry. And we were the first company ever to fully outsource a newspaper's advertising department. Wow. It was a pretty big, pretty big deal. We we completely took over the Los Angeles Daily News um, and outsourced all of it. Um, very proud of what I did at Ad Out. Very proud of what we as a group did at Ad Out. And, and still today, I look back on that as being uh, probably the best years of my life, uh, best work years of my life, best work um, I've ever done. In that time frame, we're we're talking twenty years, pushing twenty years, yeah, uh, of of a yeah. career. Yeah, I, I don't hear the word real estate yet. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. So I sold uh, that company in nineteen ninety nine uh, to a company at the time that was called uh, Big Flower Corporation, and uh, it was a publicly traded company as Big Flower. Uh, Big Flower was owned by a guy named uh, Ted Ammon. Ted Ammon was the chief architect behind. Uh, the Nabisco RJR deal, a big Wall Street player, and he was trying to make a, a corporate play to, to sort of combine the, the mass and scale and volume of traditional print companies with the, sort of the sexy multiples of these digital prepress houses. And uh, Ted uh, very famously was murdered on, on Long Island not long after he purchased uh, my company and um, everything sort of Got fell apart and you know sort of got shaken up and the world was never the same after after he uh, died. There's a very there's a movie an HBO movie about his murder actually, hmm. um, and and that again you know you don't you can't plan for these things. I'd love to say that there's there was this brilliant plan after I sold my last company that I would leave and I'd go start another company and you know blah blah blah. But that, that's just not the way life works. Um, I ended up. Um, getting fired. Uh, I wanted to be fired, but I ended up getting fired. And the the shock of it, the reality of it, even though I, I hated everything I did as the group president there, uh, I did a lot of learning. It was a great experience. I got to sit in, in, you know, I was managing half a billion dollars worth of revenue and several thousand employees. It was a great learning experience, but I was traveling uh, every day. I'd get up at 
uh, early morning Monday in Los Angeles. My, my corporate office for my division was in Dallas, Texas. I'd fly to Dallas and from there I'd end up flying all week long to the 28 different offices that I was overseeing across the country and, and it was miserable. I, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. And so when, when I left, I made the decision that I really didn't want to be a part of that environment anymore. I, I, I didn't have the right perspective on it. I, I just I wasn't ready for it. And so I decided to just take some time and go hiking and spend some time in the hills. And it was in that time period between when I left in September and um, February 14th of the, of the following year. So in that six month time frame, I was bored. <laughs> I literally was bored. My wife and I, when we got married, we made this, uh, what we thought at the time was a really intelligent decision to only have black and white photos taken of our wedding. Um, looking back on that, that I, don't, I don't know that that was a great decision. Uh, so we had no video. So I decided to make as a Valentine's Day present for her a video from these black and white photographs. And I, I used an application at the time that doesn't exist anymore. Still the best Ken Burns effect application that's ever been invented. Really? It allowed you to... Yeah, it allowed you to move in on a curve into photographs, and so you had this sweeping motion. It was just this amazing piece of software. It was way better than what was available in iMovie at the time, way better than anything I'd ever seen. And when I put this video up on our television on Valentine's Day, when I, when I was watching it, I saw as it, if there were no people in the photo. For me, it looked like video. And it was that moment I said, why don't people do this for real estate? This is 2003. And that's how Real Estate Shows was born. It was really born right in that moment of me saying, I bet we could automate this. I bet we could do X. And um, I didn't really want to run a company at the time. I was still in that headspace, so I invited a, a guy who had been my mentor for years, Bill Leiter, to come and be the CEO. He agreed. I, I went to a former employee of mine at Ad Out, Steve Zengit, who had started a company called Zeke Interactive, and I asked him to work with me on developing the, the software back end that would automate this and make it easy for people to upload photos, which, I mean, we're talking before Flickr, we're talking before Facebook, we're talking, I mean, we're talking three to four years. We had to go educate the real estate community on what a digital photo was. Wow. Um, it, it was it honestly was amazing, and I know I'm talking, and you're not asking questions. But when I look back on it, people say, "What was the what was the most memorable thing about real estate shows?" It's that we set out to do something very specific with it, and it was to change the way people looked at virtual tours in real estate. We wanted to break the pricing that existed at the time because you you had to pay a lot of money for every tour at the time in order to have something up online. And we created this all-you-can-eat, you know, 100 bucks a year, create as many tours as you want. And it took a while. It took a lot of education. It took a lot of training. But we did it. We, we broke that model. We broke the mold. And, and that, that is something I'm, very, I'm also very proud of. We, we were able to change the way the real estate industry looked at virtual tours. As I, as I look back on, on the entire real estate show's experience and the introduction to blogging and Active Rain and all of the stuff that we did in, in those early days of what was called the RE.net, 
all of that was done because we had a product that was so inexpensive that we we and we don't have we, I've never done anything with VC funding in my life because we were trying to grow these things organically. You know, you get really creative when you're forced to be very very frugal with money. Right. And I I think that's what what started you know the whole trip into the blogging world and social media and everything around it. It was it wasn't like I had this, you know, really amazing clarity around the future of social media. It was, oh, well, this is inexpensive. I'm going to go do that. Widow's Real Estate Show starts in 2003, which means, Correct. yeah, you've got, you're way ahead of the curve when it comes to social, as you mentioned. Way. Yeah. So now it gets there. Yeah, way. Yeah, it gets there. And, you know, tell me really what was that like? I mean, there was a pretty robust social media scene going on in Orange County back back around two thousand six and seven. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think Southern California in general was has always been, you know, and California in general has always sort of led on on any of these technology fronts. So it's it's been very beneficial throughout the course of my career to be in California during these various revolutions. You know, the Mac, the the Mac community, for example, when I started my first company was so small. I mean, it was so tiny, and everybody knew everybody. So, if if you couldn't do something, you knew someone who could. And most of my initial business came as a result of that. that somebody didn't have the skills to do something, but they knew I could, so I would get that business and. It was just a, a really amazing community, and that, that whole community aspect of things has been a, a driving force around a lot of, of what I've done. There's uh, the, the early adopter community in all of these various digital things has been very, very open and willing to share, and that's a, that's a, that's a trademark of that community, I believe. It's, it's why the open source exists. It's why... It's why these things came into being. Is the the community was willing to share, and it lent it lent itself to social media. Don't you agree? Then you know you talk about the sharing that, that the real estate space kind of uh, models after that. It's it does the same thing. I think so. I mean, I I, I think it does. I I'm I've always been impressed with. Um, you know, you go to a real estate conference and you you see these people hop up on stage and basically give out the the secrets to their success, and they're very open and sharing, very willing to teach and train and and you know encourage others with with that. I think there is a a, a really tight connection between those two things. Now, you've um, after real estate shows, uh, you sold that to your partner. You 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 were still connected to Zeke Interactive at the time, right? And you were doing some things there with yeah, yeah, yeah. blogging and, and yeah. So so real estate shows really became the biggest portion of what Zeke was doing at a certain point, and so it made sense to sort of get involved with Zeke and and Steve and I. You know, I hired Steve right out of college back. Then. He was an employee at Ad Out for years, and so we've known each other for a long, long time. And it was just a really comfortable transition for me to come in and. And take a leadership role at Zeke on the software development side, and and did that for several years alongside of real estate shows, and um, it was it was just a really fun thing to be a part of. You know, Steve and I worked well together for years and years and years. I, I love him to death. He's like a brother to me. 
um, Bill Leiter, again, my mentor, um, he's just a wonderful human being. He, he's the guy who helped me really understand the importance of having really clear business values that guide how a business gets run. He's the architect behind most of the things that I'm known for talking about in the real estate space. His words echo in my brain. They come out of my mouth with a, a different sound than they come out of his mouth, but ultimately he put those words there. He's, I can't separate myself from the influence that these people have had on me and where I am today as a result of that. Their words, their, their skills, their own unique abilities have helped shape everything I think about. And so that, that Zeke was an important time for me. It was important for me to, to get involved in that business where you kind of have to go out and hunt all the time. Your your software development is a very tough world. It's a very tough world. You you're constantly proving yourself. You're only as good as your last software development, and it's a it's a good experience. I enjoyed my time there, and I think Steve and I had a, a really good time together. Um, but it you know everything has its season, and it was just time to to move on to something new. Well, then I got to make sure I. Uh, maybe have a beer with Steve to thank him for for the words that you use because I you really are I mentioned at the opening but you're you're I love listening to you talk and um, you care deeply about authenticity connections I mean really important things and I still use some of your ideas from a great keynote you gave at the Scottsdale Area Association of Realtors a couple of years ago. It was their 50th anniversary, and they invited you in to speak. Yeah. And uh, I, I just yeah. loved your message. I mean, that's oh. Bill Leiter, honestly. Wow, I, I, I would love to take credit for uh, all of those thoughts. And again, obviously, I put my own unique spin on it. But Bill, Bill, if I, if I were to pick a single human being who's probably had the most impact on my career in business, it's Bill Leiter. Um, I heard him speak years ago when um, Ad Out was in the early growing phases at a young president's meeting in Los Angeles, and I was so impressed with what he was saying, and a lot of it is, is what you're relating to. I was so impressed with it that I went up to him and said, I, I, I want to work with you. I, I need to hire you. You know, Can you consult with me? And he told me what his price was per hour. <laughs> I'm sure the look on my face said it all. I was like, I can't afford you. Um, but eventually I, I ended up calling him back and said, listen, I can't afford you, but could I go to lunch with you once a month and I'll pay you your hourly rate, but I can only afford once a month. And that's what we did. We did that for months, months. And I would just go and I'd sit with him and I'd eat breakfast and I'd tell him you know, what decisions I'd making and he'd give me his input. He'd tell me why I was wrong and sometimes I'd listen to him and sometimes I wouldn't. But those those breakfasts became the foundation for a relationship that has, I mean, I was the best man in his wedding a few years ago. We, we've become, to this day, um, Bill is like, uh, he's the, the combination of father, brother, friend, He's a confidant. He's someone who I, 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 he's wise. I don't know how to tell where I'd be today if I hadn't 
allowed him, brought, sought him out to be in my life. I really don't. Wow, that's that's a testimonial right there. Um, well, let me. I'll, I'm going to draw you back to. Yeah, then we're going to use yours and Bill's words here. But can you give me the the Cliff Notes version, the summary of of you know that that talk at SAR? And I know I'm kind of pulling you back to something that you did a while ago, but I'm pretty sure you kind of remember where yeah. you went. But if, if you had like a few minutes to try to explain, you know, you know, why authenticity, why what we do and how we do it matters to an agent, how would you do that in a, a real brief, you know, you, you're meeting them in a cocktail party. Well, and it, everything, everything boils down to this concept of your brand being this, this total of all of people's experience with you. Mm-hmm. Every action, every word, everything you do, there are no insignificant moments. There's no insignificant words. You can't, you can't separate yourself from it. It's, it's both how you, it's how you're perceived. It's what other people see you as. And that it's very difficult to fake that kind of thing for very long. And I think it's very, very germane to the real estate world because of the nature of the relationships that realtors have uh, with their clients and how long they spend with their clients. Having a different understanding of what a brand is, especially your personal brand, is important. I think it's important to to have it so fixed in your brain that you're able to um, operate in a daily basis in a way that allows you to move freely without having you know, tons and tons of rules to think about because you're moving in concert with whatever the truth is about who you are. And that, that ultimately is it. What is, when I talk about values and when Bill talks about values, we're not talking about morals. We're not talking about ethics. We're talking about how do you align your actions and your words in a way that's truthful. Um, I've, I've used, and the fact that Donald Trump is now running for president drives me nuts because I, I don't like talking about him, but um, I used to use the example all the time. You know, the perfect example of someone who lives their values to me is someone like a Donald Trump. He's very true to his values. I think his, I, I can't stand his values. I could never work with him, but that's the beauty of, of when you're truly being authentic to your values, you attract the people to you who share those same values and you repel people who do not. He repels me from him because I do not share his values. But he's, he's a living example of, of really what that kind of looks like in, in a sort of almost negative way. And so we always think about this, and people always throw this values conversation into a moral, ethical conversation, but that's really not what it's about. It's about getting to the place where the things you say, the things you think, and the things you do are all aligned, whether other people like them or not. The goal is to be truly authentic to what that really is. And when that happens, you don't have to think about it anymore. Um, when organizations have that happening, they don't have to think about it anymore. They don't have to make these you know, micromanaging rules about how behaviors exist. They simply align the organization and everyone in the organization to those values and behaviors follow. Uh, more people need to hear that message more often. That's all I'll say. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about what you're doing currently. You're, 
you're president of Real Satisfied here in the United States. And I, I, re I remember you being on that trip in Australia, probably following you socially, you know, um, mm -hmm. then in that, in that Aussie crew has definitely been in the States for a while. I've ran into them and had some drinks with them at a few different conferences. They're a lot of fun. It's hard not, it's hard to not run into them <clears throat> while True. having drinks, by the way. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, so you're over there and you see what Real Satisfied is doing there. I'm guessing yeah. you're, it was a pretty simple process for you to say, hey, let's get this done in the States. Is that kind of how it worked? Well, it was very quick. It was very simple. I mean, I'd, I'd been invited to go speak at the Australian Real Estate Conference, and which I bombed at, by the way. Um, Rudy, what, what, Rudy Giuliani what, what, spoke. What does that mean? Uh, it was bad. It was bad. I, my, you know... Every, I, we speak English, they speak English, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, the places where I thought somebody should laugh, they didn't. Oh, it was just, it was bad. I, I wish I could, I could say that it was just this really great, you know, uh, event for me from a speaking standpoint, but it wasn't. And so, but I had been invited by a guy named Kevin Turner, no relation, to uh, come join him on his internet radio program that was taking place on the showroom floor. And behind my head was this real satisfied logo, and they had they had just launched in Australia. They they had been in beta for a little bit, but they had just launched. It was their first trade show, uh, just getting introduced to the real estate industry. And so I, I went up after the radio program and said, "Hey, show me your stuff. Show me show me what you're doing." And I was blown away. I was blown away for a couple of reasons. One. The fact that they had built it outside of the hype that was sort of surrounding ratings and review, and quite frankly still surrounds ratings and, and reviews in the United States, they, they had no knowledge whatsoever of what HAR was doing with ratings and reviews at the time, no, no concept of it. Their product was was built specifically for brokers in Australia. It, everything was collected privately. There was this there was no notion of some public-facing profile or anything that was going on. And so because of that, it was built to to be exactly what you hope a service like this is built to be, a tool for brokers to learn as much as they can about what actually took place inside of the transaction. And today, when we launched in the United States, in two, I, I said to them right there on the show floor, have you thought about bringing this to North America? And they said, we have, but we, we just don't know who we could do that with. And I said, well, I can help you with that. And David, it's David and Phil, the two founders, David, true to his Australian roots, and I'll, I'll tone down the language, he said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be offensive, but who the hell are you? <laughs> and that's how our relationship began. Um, and it, the rest is history, so to speak, because we launched in, in January of 2012 um, it, without any public-facing profiles, without any of that stuff, and everything that we've done in the United States from January 2012 to now, we've got over 80,000 agents utilized in the platform today, has been a result of us doing the things that I think a company should do. We listen to our clients. We understand what they're looking for, what they want, what things are important to them, while at the same time understanding what things we're never going to change about the platform in order to stay true to its roots of, of being a platform that's designed to listen to consumers in the most detailed way possible. So it'd be, it would be really easy for Real Satisfied to get caught up in just the ratings and reviews sides of things. We view that as a byproduct of what we really do. What we really do 
is provide a customer satisfaction platform for real estate agents and brokers that helps them listen better to the consumer. That's what we do. The stuff that ends up making the news, the ratings and the testimonials, is a byproduct of that service. Now, you, you did make some slight changes to the product that was initially rolled out in Australia. Have they adopted those back there as well? Has that sort of... Um... Um, they have. Okay. They have. So, it, you know, it sort of you know flows backwards through. Um, there still is no single agent product in Australia. There is one here, but the, the product here was built specifically because a, a real estate association, I'm going to call them out by name, Danielle Bouton, if you're listening to this, you're the reason why we built the single agent product. Um, she came to us after we announced that Realtor.com had decided to syndicate our testimonials and said, I saw the Realtor.com announcement. Yeah, 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 whatever. That's cool. But what I really found interesting was that you've got a WordPress plugin. <laughs> and it made me laugh because, well, yeah, if we're going to syndicate, of course we have to have a WordPress plugin. We want people to be able to use it. But what she was looking for was a way to put you know, ratings and reviews on agent agent profiles, which they still haven't done. But that was her. That was the you know the genesis of her thinking. And I said, you know, flat out on the phone, I love the idea, but we don't have a product for you. We don't have a product that will work with associations in a way that allows an association to go out and offer it as a member benefit. So we went back to the drawing board and we created one specifically to do that. So the only reason there's a single agent product is because. A real estate association came to us and said, we see a way to utilize this product that you don't see. And so we built it. And uh, it's one of the things that I love about working with Phil and David. You know, big organizations sometimes move very, very slowly. We are incredibly nimble. We're incredibly agile. We, we make decisions. We act quickly. It's, it's the beauty of being a part of a small organization is that you, you don't have to sit in long meetings. You don't have to have long development paths. You know, when we brought Laura Monroe on, um, one of the first things she suggested is that, you know, man, we need to improve this website. We made the decision to do it on a Thursday. Uh, got up the next morning. I had started working on designs. Laura and I worked on designs till noon on Friday. By that afternoon, Phil had already built the framework for the new website, and then we launched it within a week. That, I mean, that's the beauty of working with a small organization: is when you make decisions and everyone says, "Yep, we should do it." We just do it. There's no thinking. There, just do it. Just go for it. Being part of a large company, I know the pain you're talking about. Um, so let's. I'm gonna. I'll wrap this. I really appreciate your time, uh, but I have one question I well, ask. I'm sure. I'm sure I've gone way longer than you would have liked. No, no. Uh, I'd rather have you on here for another hour. And trust me, well, there'll be a part two with you. We'll we'll bring you back. But this last question is kind of hokey, but it it definitely helps for for agents that are listening. And it, trying to narrow you down is going to be tough. But if if there's this one piece of advice you could give to an agent today who's doing okay, but they really want to increase what they're doing or really, you know, they've got this dream. What's one piece of advice you give them today to help them grow their business? Listen better. I, I believe it with all of my heart that um, one of the greatest skills that any business person can have is the ability to really give someone your attention and to listen without, without trying to speak Listen with intent to learn. Listen better. If you can listen better, you will be a 
better business person, and I know you'll be a better real estate agent. I know it. Um, I, I th it, it sounds so simple, but that practice, the art of putting everything else out of your brain and focusing full attention on another human being, it's probably the greatest gift you can give to another human being in this fast-paced world is the, your full attention, your, your full understanding that right now you're the most important person that I've, I've got to deal with. Stop multitasking. Stop worrying about other things. Give them your full attention. Listen. Listen to learn. Um, I, I think it's probably a single piece of advice I'd give anybody, period, no matter what business they're in. Um, that's awesome for personal relationships as well, as you were mentioning. Yeah, it's, it's the most important thing. I completely agree. They're all I, personal, yeah. aren't they? Aren't yeah. All relationships, yeah. personal relationships, ultimately. You're right. You're right. Well, Jeff, I can't thank you enough. It's it's been wonderful having you here. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, I know they're, you're easy to find on social. But if they is there an email address if they wanted to send something to you, you're welcome to give out uh, here. Yeah, Jeff at realsatisfied.com. Well, everybody, thank you very much for for listening here, Jeff. Once again, thanks for being here, and uh, and remember, thanks every, for indulging me. You're all <laughs> indulging anytime. Um, as and everyone uh, out here knows, just every Tuesday morning we publish a new. Uh, interview on the real estate sessions and we'll catch you next time thank you very much for listening you've been listening to the real estate sessions with bill rissa of chicago title arizona please subscribe to our podcast on itunes and tell your friends about the real estate sessions as new episodes are published weekly